Hey everyone, welcome back to all my listeners. Now I hope you're all having a great day so far. I know I am. I'm hanging in there and I'm happy we're starting a brand new month. And the month of March is also Women's History Month. And guess what this year's theme is for 2022? It just happens to be providing healing, promoting hope, which obviously is a wonderful tribute to the ceaseless work from our caregivers and frontline workers during this never-ending pandemic. And it's also a recognition of the thousands of ways that women of all cultures have provided both healing and hope throughout history. So very beautiful, right? And so very true. Now, all right, guys, if it's your first time finding me, thanks so much and welcome. Welcome to my ninth episode of season five. Today is Wednesday, March 2nd, 2022. My name is Sonal Patel, and this is the Paint the Medical Picture podcast series. Now, I've got some fun to get into today. So I'm going to be diving into my compliance tip today for the brand new CBR that was just issued for podiatry, nail debridement, and evaluation and management services. Oh boy, here we go. And everywhere I look, there's just news, news, news. So here's to another installment of my newsworthy grab bag session. And I go ahead and close out today's episode with some inspirational words on clarity and focus from one of my very favorite authors, Agatha Christie. If you've checked me out on LinkedIn, you know I'm all about compliance and protecting our physicians and valued healthcare professionals when it comes to the business of medicine. I hope this week with me brings you enough to take back to your organizations, to want to dive in deeper, to use my tips and best practices to ensure success. I hope this podcast will help you boost the quality of documentation capture and improve coding accuracy as you help your providers paint the medical picture. If you like what you're hearing, please go ahead and hit that subscribe button now so you don't miss another episode. Please write in a review and kindly drop me a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to my podcast. I'd really love your support. And as always, a friendly disclaimer. Remember, I'm bringing you the news, current healthcare industry news, my compliance tips and recommendations based on my over 10 years of experience in front office, back end, coding, and billing for multi-specialty physicians, compliance, and auditing for both ENM and surgical operative reports. These are my opinions alone and are not to be construed as legal advice. So let's get into newsworthy. I'm excited for this grab bag feature. First, my free COVID-19 testing kits from covidtests.gov finally arrived late last week. But of course, they also arrived, ironically, just in time for the CDC's big news on easing indoor masking guidance based on how COVID-19 is affecting your local community health care systems rather than the transmission rates alone. Now, what they disclosed in their press release last week was community levels are determined by a combination of three criteria now. So new hospitalizations for COVID-19 or the status of current hospital beds occupied by COVID-19 patients or the hospital capacity at large, as well as new COVID-19 cases. Now, the new levels are threefold, right? Low community level, medium, and high. So low community indicates that the virus 
of COVID-19 is having a limited effect on the healthcare system in your community with low levels of severe coronavirus disease. So what they recommend at this stage is of course to vaccinate and boost and test when you're sick. Then for the medium stage, this indicates that there are more people in your community with severe disease and those communities will see an increase in the virus affecting the healthcare systems within that community. So what the CDC recommends here is of course to vaccinate and boost and test when sick, but also you should be wearing masks as well. And then finally in their high community stage, here the CDC says that this particular group of high indicates that there's a high level of severe coronavirus disease in the community and there's a high potential for a community's healthcare system to become incredibly strained, right? So in this case, the CDC is recommending that everyone wears a mask inside and in schools as well. And of course, you should still be vaccinating and boosting and testing when you're sick. But the CDC also discloses that they emphasize that, of course, people who are immunocompromised, those are the folks that are still high at risk, right, for COVID-19. So those types of people should, in fact, be applauded to choose to take extra precautions, regardless of what your community's COVID-19 level says. So there's a wonderful tool on the CDC website that you can just plug in your county and hit go and they will give you a community level for where you're at. And for where I'm located, I took this little um, quiz myself. My um, community is in fact at low level, but where my parents reside, they are still in a medium level. So again, it's going to vary from state to state, obviously, and most certainly from community to community throughout the country. So keep a vigilant watch on that website. It's a very handy, easy tool for you to just plug in your county that you live in, hit go, and they will tell you what your community is at. All right, so let's get into my second grab bag feature. There's of course more breaking news on the COVID-19 front. Now, unfortunately, recent data indicates that the Pfizer-BioNTech COVID-19 vaccine is less effective in preventing infection in children ages 5 to 11. So according to the New York Times, it reports that, quote, the coronavirus vaccine made by Pfizer-BioNTech is much less effective in preventing infection in children ages 5 to 11 years than in older adolescents or adults according to a large new set of data collected by health officials in New York State, end quote. The vaccine, quote, still prevents severe illness in the children, but offers virtually no protection against infection even within a month after full immunization, the data which were collected during the Omicron surge suggest, end quote. Now, in Reuters, they also report something big. It reports that, quote, the vaccine's efficacy against infection among those children declined to 12% at the end of January from 68% in mid-December, compared to kids who did not get vaccinated, according to the study, end quote. And for adolescents, quote, 
aged 12 to 17, the vaccine's protection against infection fell to 51% in late January from 66% in mid-December, end quote. And finally, in The Hill, it reports, quote, the vaccine's effectiveness against hospitalization among children 5 to 11 declined from 100% to 48%, compared with 85% to 73% for older children, end quote. And finally, my third grab bag feature includes the devastation and tragedy striking the innocent lives of so many in Ukraine. And of course, this affects our healthcare sector here in the United States. We are on alert for cyber threats in the wake of Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Now, in its warning, the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, CISA, said there are no specific cyber or credible cyber threats, but that every organization, large and small, must be prepared to respond to disruptive cyber activity. Now, in light of previous attacks on the United States and potential threats, CISA also issued a related and rare Cyber Shields Up warning to the United States private sector, including healthcare, based upon the increased cyber threat posed by the Russian government. Now, in its latest cybersecurity advisory to hospitals, the American Hospital Association, that's our AHA, laid out three main areas of concern. Number one, that hospitals and health systems may be targeted directly by Russian-sponsored cyber actors. And number two, hospitals and health systems may become incidental victims of or collateral damage to Russian-deployed malware or destructive ransomware that inadvertently penetrates U.S. healthcare entities. And finally, third, that a cyber attack could disrupt hospitals' mission-critical service providers. Now, AHA said it will closely monitor the situation, according to a recent statement that they made. And they state, quote, the threat situation remains tense and may evolve rapidly as sanctions are imposed and Russia responds, end quote. Now, the AHA also urged facilities to be on the lookout for increased and unusual network traffic or activity. And it also encouraged leaders to warn staff about the increased risk of phishing emails. In addition, they implored that it is essential to check the redundancy, resiliency, and security of your organization's network and data backups, and to ensure that multiple copies exist offline, network segmented, on-premises, and in the cloud, with at least one immutable copy. Now, the AHA also believes it is critical that a cross-function, leadership-level cyber incident response plan be fully documented, updated, and practiced. This should include emergency communications plans and systems. And now, it's time for my best practice tips in Trusty Tip. So in today's compliance tip, I wanted to focus on the latest comparative billing report or CBR issued on podiatry, nail debridement and evaluation and management services. Now this is CBR number 202202. That's right, it's the second CBR for the new year for 2022. 
Now, in late February, CMS issued a comparative billing report, that's the CBR, on Medicare Part B claims for podiatry, nail debridement, and evaluation and management services. They remind us to use this data-driven report to compare your billing practices with those of your peers in your state as well as across the nation. Now, the CPT codes in particular to this CBR are CPT codes 11720, which is defined as debridement of nails by any method 1 to 5. They're also looking at CPT code 11721, which is defined as debridement of nails by any method 6 or more. And then they're also going to be looking at your evaluation and management codes, your ENM codes, starting with 99211 for minimal medical decision making, five minutes, 99212 for straightforward medical decision making, 10 minutes, CPT code 99213 for low medical decision making, 15 minutes. CPT code 99214 for moderate medical decision-making, 25 minutes. And finally, CPT code 99215 for high medical decision-making, 40 minutes. Now, as you move on and read through your CBR, this particular CBR 202202 analyzes the following things. They're going to want to analyze the rendering providers with specialty 48, which is for podiatry specifically. And with that specialty of submitted claims to Medicare Part B for nail debridement services in the office. And that, of course, is our place of service 11. And then second, the CBR will also analyze the submission of claims by providers for CPT codes for nail debridement services which of course includes those two I just addressed, 11720 and 11721. Now, the overarching rationale behind receiving this particular CBR 202202 is that according to the 2021 Medicare Fee-for-Service Supplemental Improper Payment Data Report, there was a 10.8 improper payment rate for podiatry and that, in fact, represents over $162 million in improper payments. And they hone in more in this report. 90% of this improper payment rate is attributed to insufficient documentation. And then 5.3% of this improper payment rate is attributed to incorrect coding. So let's move on. This particular CBR 2022 02 summarizes statistics for services with dates of service in particular from January 1st, 2019 through December 31st of 2019. So those are our parameters. That's our scope. One full year, 2019. And in fact, there were apparently 12,997 rendering, rendering providers, excuse me, with a combined allowed charge amount of over $256 million for those providers that submitted claims for nail debridement services. That's a huge number. All right, now honing in even further, the criteria for your receiving CBR 202202 involves a few things. First, 
you're going to receive it because it's significant. You are significantly higher compared to either the state or national percentages in any of the four metric calculations that you'll find in inside of the CBR, which means you're going to be greater than or equal to the 80th percentile. And then second criteria is that you have had had you have had, excuse me, at least 43 patients with claims that were submitted for nail debridement. And finally, the third criteria is that you've had at least $3,200 in total allowed charges for nail debridement and ENM services. Now let's move on to the metrics of CBR 202202. Now, this particular CBR discloses that they have four metrics that they've identified. The first is for the percentage of nail debridement services billed with ENM services with modifier 25. Now, the second metric is for the percentage of nail debridement services billed with CPT code 11721. And then third, that third metric is for the average nail debridement services per patient per calendar year. And then finally, the fourth metric is for the average minutes per visit of the ENM services billed with modifier 25 with nail debridement services. Now, the CBR breaks down metric one even further, and that's going to be calculated by the number of nail debridement services billed with an ENM service with modifier 25 on the same date of service for the same patient, that will be divided by the total number of nail debridement services. They break down metric two in calculation by the total number of allowed services for CPT code 11721 that will be divided by the total number of allowed services for all nail debridement services. And then they move on to further calculate metric three, and that's going to be the total number of all allowed nail debridement services will be divided by the number of total patients receiving at least one nail debridement service. And finally, their fourth metric is calculated by the weighted services, which will be divided by the number of dates of service with at least one ENM service with modifier 25 build on the same date of service as a nail debridement service. But what are the weighted services, right? I didn't come across that until right at this particular stage of the CBR. What are the weighted services? So the CBR explains this here. What they call the time value assigned to each CPT code that corresponds to the time described is multiplied by the allowed services for the ENM CPT code build with modifier 25 with nail debridement services. All right, so it's going to be critical to understand that your CBR does not indicate that you're going to get an official audit, right? Although, in my opinion, please be very mindful. I do believe this is a phrase coming directly from the MACs that issue the CBRs. So take that with plenty of grains of salt. More directly, I would consider this to be your notice, your warning that you are being looked at closely. So, there is, in fact, value to the CBR to providers. It serves as a tool to look at your billing patterns as compared to your peers.
The value also includes the facts that specific coding guidelines and billing information will be detailed, as I just disclosed a moment ago, right? Lots of facts. Now, the CBR informs providers whose billing patterns differ from those of their peers. Now, the desired behavior here, obviously, is to capture proper and compliant documentation for nail debridement services. So this particular CBR is designed to help reduce the possibility of improper payments by taking some following actions. Number one, you should be reviewing your CPT codes to ensure correct code assignment. Number two, you should be performing regular internal reviews of documentation and code selection to ensure accuracy and compliance. And finally, number three, the proper use of modifier 25. You should be confirming that a significant, separately identifiable ENM service actually took place. So this is a really well-written CBR. These are these three things are items that I specifically say on podcast after podcast. So kudos to this particular CBR because um, it identifies rather nicely and neatly and concisely what exactly the goal of the CBR is intended for. So in this instance, I hope providers are performing their internal auditing. It's fundamental if you have Medicare as a payer to keep your eye on correct and compliant coding and billing practices and make sure you are adhering to them. It's vital to capture full and robust documentation to ensure you are meeting the medical necessity from the very start. So start by reviewing your local coverage determinations, your LCDs, in particular for routine foot care or nail debridement as applicable. Start tracking your frequency of performing these types of nail debridement services, right? You have to be mindful on how many you're actually doing. And of course, the dreaded, the dreaded modifier 25. We must be mindful that a separate and distinct evaluation and management service was indeed performed. So a better, smarter approach is one that's proactive and starts by painting a clear, rich, and vibrant medical picture the first time so your certified medical coder can then abstract codes with accuracy. And finally, I focus season five spark on clarity and focus. I want this fifth season spark to be filled with the world's thought leaders, writers, artists, philosophers, everyone who wants to inspire the need for clarity and focus in all that we do. So in this week's inspiring quote in Spark is from one of my very favorite mystery writers, Agatha Christie. Sometimes one sees things clearly years afterwards than one could possibly at the time. Absolutely true, right? I think this quote reminds us that distance can often provide us with clarity. I think this quote reminds us that sometimes we do need to step away for a bit to gain the inspiration, to gain the greater focus, and to gain our greater purpose. I am happy Agatha Christie's spark still burns brightly in all of us today. So that wraps up today's episode. And as always, I appreciate you diving into today with me. If you want more information from me, please go ahead and follow me on LinkedIn. I'll leave links to everything in the show notes below. Please have an amazing week ahead 
and please continue staying safe and healthy. Thank you so much for listening in on today's episode, and I hope every week with me brings you closer to helping your providers paint a masterpiece. See you next Wednesday.